Welcome to the Nature Photo Guys podcast, where we talk about nature photography from gear to our philosophies and everything in between. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back and relax. You're listening to Joe Dujardin and Chris Gibbs, the Nature Photo Guys. Hey Joe, how's it going this week? Not too bad, Chris. How are you? Not too bad. Dealing with a bit of the uh, smoky Calgary air. The smoke's come in from the West Coast, but nowhere near as bad as the West Coast has been dealing with, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. I'm just um, happy to see it as it is. You know, you can kind of see a little bit of it, but um, can't really smell it all that much. You know, um, it hasn't really affected the... I hope it hasn't really affected too many people's breathing. So um, yeah, not here yeah. in Calgary anyway. I know my like family lives in uh, Kelowna, and um, you know I got other family in in Interior BC, and it's just socked in. It's absolutely yeah. they can't even see anything even there. So anyway, yeah, we, we've been okay. pretty lucky this year for that. We sure have. I'll, I'll just wait here. We've had worse years for sure. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, You've got uh, a few comments you want to yeah, address. Absolutely. We had a few comments uh, this past week about our last episode. And um, Celine, uh, first of all, I should remind everybody the last episode, episode seven, we talked about manual mode and uh, auto ISO using those in, in tandem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically she said, uh, great job, guys. I've just started shooting this way. And especially for birds moving in and out of shadows, it works great. And she says she has to admit she's capped her ISO at 6,400, but she may take the risk and move that up. Sweet. Yeah. So she she's aware of where her ISO is at, what's acceptable, what's not really acceptable, and everything else. That's good to hear. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it kind of sums up exactly what we were talking about last episode, right? So she's yeah. she seems to know what she's she's going after there with the her ISO yeah. and her camera for and sure. That's a perfect example because whenever you take your camera and point it in a different direction, the lights changed. That's right. Yes, exactly. You know? Moving so in with that auto ISO, it just it really helps, right? So awesome. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And uh, Dana has stated, um, I watched a few episodes and found them very informative. So that's what we oh, like good. to hear. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks very much for that. Appreciate it. So this week's topic. Exposure compensation. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I use it and I don't, right? I mean, it's yep. one of those things that you use when you need to use it, yeah. you know? Yep. So um, I guess we should explain what exposure compensation is to, to start with. Good idea. Um, basically. Um, what it does is it makes your pictures lighter or darker, right? That's a fair I mean, statement. It's, it's, it's the easy explanation. And I guess I should explain why, right? Okay. I mean, so essentially the way the camera um, exposes an image is it's based off of uh, tonality, right? 18% mm-hmm. gray. And I don't mean the color gray. I just mean the tonality of what 18% gray is. For those of you that used to shoot uh, film back in the day and use a light meter and take meter readings off of a gray card, <clears throat> that's the reason for it, right? So, right. That gray um, card was 18% gray. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So you'd use it, take a meter reading off of that, and then you'd have your exposure. You know you'd have your exposure bang on, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, so today's cameras, what they do is they, they, they base the exposure off of 18% gray, but a lot of times, you know, the camera's doing its job, but it's not the exposure you want. Right. So for instance, if you're shooting in, uh, let's say in snow. Okay. What it's trying to do is create an exposure based on 18% gray. So what's it going to do to white bright snow? It's going to make it look flat and, and, and mucky bringing it down to 18% gray. So this is where you use exposure compensation to 
override what the camera is doing and bring in the exposure back to the way you see it, right? So in this case here, in snow, sometimes you have to add a stop, stop and half, sometimes two stops of light, okay, yep. um, to bring the exposure back. And what I mean by stops, if you look at your exposure compensation, like a meter, the ruler, mm -hmm. right? I'm adding to the right. So I'm going to the right plus one, plus one and a half, plus two, okay? Right, on the positive and side. On the positive side. So everything to the right makes things brighter. Everything to the left makes things darker, right? Yes. So the, the bright side example is the snow. And let's say the dark side example is um, a full frame of the, a black bear, okay? Yes, Good example. So full frame, full yeah. frame of a black bear. What what the exposure is going to do is it's not going to be true black. It's going to be it's going to head towards gray, right? A lighter black, right? So in this case here, what you do is you'd use your exposure compensation to go to the left, maybe a half a stop or a, a full stop to the left to bring the blacks back up to black. Right, more negative numbers rather than the positive. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And in a nutshell, that's what exposure compensation is. Like it's it's basically what you're doing um, to to bring the exposure balance exposure back to um, what you see and basically override what the camera is trying to do. Right, because yeah. that's that's really like my uh, discussion with a lot of people who are just learning. The cameras can't always show you what you can see, right? So you have to play with the settings to make sure you can it brings you back to what you're seeing. And that's with the DSLRs. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to touch on that, right? So yeah. DSLRs, when you're looking through the camera, <clears throat> what you see is not what you get. No. So, you know, with experience, you kind of know that, you know, you know, or, or what you could do essentially with the DSLR is take a photo, look at the, the, the histogram or look at the back exposure and okay, it's underexposed make my exposure compensation set, uh, <clears throat> adjustments and then shoot again. Right. right. Yes. Um, and I wouldn't really recommend just looking at the LCD, but looking at the histogram, right? Okay. Exactly. Make, yeah. Things are bang on. Um, <clears throat> so that's a DSLR. And for most of you over the last 10, 15 years have been using a DSLR, not, not a mirrorless, right? Okay. So something that you've learned with experience that, you know, in these type of scenarios, you almost automatically go like if I'm shooting in snow, I pretty much automatically go to plus one, one and a half, and then make slight adjustments from there. Cause sure. you just, especially when the snow encompasses most of the frame. Now you got to watch because even though you're in a bright scene, if you've got a full frame image of an elk, well, now the scene isn't overly bright, right? Now, you, so you, you just really got to pay attention, right? Yes. And, and with practice and time, it, it becomes almost second nature. Well, and right? I was going to say it probably became, it probably was second nature to you more or less when you back in the film days, right? Because you couldn't take a photo and check to see if it's correct. You had to get know your camera and get used to that. So probably it's right. just rolling into the DSLRs, it's become a little bit of second nature as well with you, I suppose. Well, and that's right, because back in the day shooting film, there was no um, uh, compensation at all as far as exposure goes. Like if you just shot true in camera, what the, the meter said, yeah, it was fingers crossed when you saw the film. You know what I mean? Like right. with the, the slides. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you shot print film, well, <clears throat> little did you know that a lot of times when you were underexposed or overexposed, the lab fixed it. 
Oh yeah. And, and gave you a print, right? Because they could tell from the negative. Cause I used to work in a lab. Yeah. You could tell by the negative, whether it was overexposed or underexposed. Right. And so you would make the compensations on, on um, the machine and, and uh, print out a print. So sometimes you had to, you know, uh, stop and have two stops over on a print to give them a proper photo. But most people didn't realize that you were doing that. Right. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So yeah. you really got to pay attention. Nice of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, well, that was just your job, right? You yeah, just exactly. Looking at negatives thousands of times, you just kind of knew what, you know, sure. what to do. Right. So yes. now with uh, mirrorless cameras, what you're seeing is what you get. Yes. WYSIWYG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how, how nice is that? So basically you bring the camera up to your eye right yep. and if it's dark hold the or engage the exposure comp and turn to the right until you get the exposure you want and click the button right yeah you know yeah, you can see it it's amazing it's absolutely yeah. it's a game changer when it comes to exposure i mean you really shouldn't have any excuses for a poorly exposed image i mean it happens but you know for the most part if you're sitting there taking your time paying attention especially with the landscape stuff and macro stuff yep. really there isn't right you know uh, but sometimes when you get caught up in the wildlife stuff, stuff's happening, whatever you hit a button, you know, stuff can, can happen. Right. So, um, or, or accidentally leave your, you know, your exposure compensation knob turned to plus three or something like that. Or well, whatever, right? Yeah. So, and, and you should normally see that, but you get caught up in the excitement and you sometimes, get excited. Yeah, yeah, you get a bunch of blown out images. Right. So, yep. um, so one of the huge advantages to mirrorless. Right. So it was kind of weird for me because, you know, with a mirrorless camera, essentially you're looking through um, a video recording, right? You are. You know? Yep. Yeah. It's like and, an LCD and th screen you're looking through, really. Th that's, yeah. that's right. And yeah. it was really weird for me in the beginning to, to do that. Like, to, I was like, man, this is like a game changer, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> little do you have to really, I mean, you still kind of know shooting into a winter scene, you're going to have to make an adjustment. But yes, that's for sure. You see it, you know. So it's awesome. And it's almost know, a reminder, right? You see it and you go, Oh yeah, that's right. I do have to make an adjustment yeah. before you even worry about it. Right. So for sure. And, and so, um, you had mentioned earlier, um, you know, to get a little bit off topic, um, why do we use exposure comp? Well, to get it right in camera. Yes. Rather than in saw in post. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So you're telling me, what were you telling me earlier? Yeah, I was telling you earlier that some people has, haven't even used exposure compensation. In fact, some of the cameras, like for example, I have the Fuji camera right here. The exposure compensation button is actually a knob right on the camera. Some people oh, nice. are saying, some people are saying, why is that wasting space on my camera? Why is it even there? <laughs> right? They yeah. don't know. They don't know maybe what it does, right? Or yeah, what it's exactly. doing to help you. I'm a big proponent of always getting it right in camera, right? Yeah. I've always been. And one of the disadvantages of thinking that Photoshop's going to save your pictures is, is it's, it's such a wrong way of thinking. It's a bad and habit to get into, right? It is. It is. Yeah. And I'll give you one example. When you underexpose an image, okay, you're not using exposure comp, you're, uh, you've underexposed an image, you bring it into Photoshop or Lightroom, and you try to brighten it, open it up, okay? Yeah. Well, what you're doing, and and especially in the dark, like the dark shadows, the, the blacks, what you're actually doing is you're introducing uh, color noise, and it's getting a little bit on the grainy side. That's right. Yes, you it know? is. Like you're introducing stuff that shouldn't be there, whereas if you would have got it um, right in camera, mm -hmm. 
you know, sure, you're slightly off, maybe a third of a stop. You know, you're always going to do a little bit of that fine tweaking stuff, right? You know, yep. but um, for the most part, um, uh, if you don't make those adjustments in the camera, you're going to have problems after, especially if you're, you know, the software is really good. You can usually recover up to three stops on either side, right? Right, yeah. But you're affecting the image quality, right? Yes, so, yeah. Um, so think about that next time when you're thinking, oh, you know, I'll just let my camera, um, you know. I'll fix uh, it in post. Right? Or I'll fix it in post, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'll just let the camera shoot the way the way it is. Um, yeah. It sees it, right? So. Well, that's what I was going to say that the thing is, yes, in the shadows, in some cases, you can bring some stuff back. Yes, you introduce noise. Yep. But like you said, on the flip side, if you go just too far and mm -hmm. it's overexposed just that much, there's nothing mm -hmm. to bring back because there's nothing, you know, there's it's no too detail. overblown. There's no detail left. It's that's gone. right. Yeah. So you're going to have, so it works both ways. So uh, if it's underexposed, you're not going to be able to bring detail back in the shadows, right? Mm -hmm. The blacks are going to be black. And the same when you overexpose, right? You're yeah. going to blow out the highlights and there's going to be no detail in highlights. So that's nothing right. to bring back, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's why I think it's important to, to get it right in camera. Exposure conversation is huge. Um, and I mean, there's days I never use it. You know, right. the light's pretty yeah. even and, you know, you're shooting mm -hmm. uh, neutral scenes and everything else. And right. I mean, that's great, but. You probably used it in Churchill quite a bit. Yeah. My camera was set, you know, <laughs> plus one and a half, I think almost the entire, the entire trip. Time. You know what I mean? <laughs> white snow, white bears. Like, yeah, exactly. oh my God. Well, you know, here, here, here's a little thing too. Like back in the day when I used to shoot weddings. Okay. Mm. You got a white bride and a black room. Right. And I mean, their clothing. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So who do you expose for? Right. <laughs> it's always the bride. I was going to say it's the bride. <laughs> it's always the it's bride. It's always the, the bride. The guy's black tux can go black. Who cares? Yes. If you don't show detail in that dress, you're done. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, um, but done in the city entirely. You're not getting a job again. Exactly. So there's a, there's an extreme example where you got whites and, and, and yeah. blacks in the same scene. But I mean, you can usually do pretty good, you know, balancing the exposure in that case there when you're bringing an extra light and whatever else. Right. But fair enough. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's an extreme example. So, yeah. So Joe, I have a question for you regarding backlit items. If you're in the field and yep. you see a black bear coming at you or any animal, really an mm -hmm. elk, whatever, and the lighting is behind the animal. So the, the sun's yeah. coming through and, and the animal is backlit. Yeah. Do you adjust your exposure compensation at that scenario? Nope. You don't done. touch it. Oh, you're done. <laughs> well, if you, if you, you, you got, I mean, there's only some, there's certain limit. I mean, there's only some limitations, right? right okay. Yeah. Like basically three stops ain't going to do really much. What you're going to do is you're going to overexpose the bears like to the point where it's going to look mushy. Okay. So what's happening is uh, the exposure compensation is entirely across the scene. Right. So if you're trying to expose for the bear by opening it up, right? Like adding light, what you're doing to the sun in the background is you're blowing out the background. Everything else in the background, right? yeah. You can't really that's mask right. it out, right? <laughs> that, that, exactly. So that's another good point. You have to uh, be aware of what you're shooting and what's important in the scene, right? Yeah. So whether you're shooting wildlife or people, um, you know, like it, it, it really depends. Um, you know, if a, if a subject is side-lit, whether it be an animal or, or a person, um, obviously the person is always going to be... Um, the focus, if it's a portrait, I mean, sometimes you want to create a silhouette in that case there, you underexpose. Yeah, or I was about to say the exact same thing. Sometimes you want thing, rim yeah. lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you want that rim light on, on a, on a subject or, or a wildlife or something like that. In that case there, you underexpose purposely, 
right? Yes. You know, yeah. um, if the light's not bright enough to create an under or the exposure the, the way you want it, right? Mm-hmm. I may not underexpose it enough to the point where you, you want it a certain way, right? So you can get very creative with um, with your exposure compensation. I mean, you could create a high key. I know this is going off topic, but when you're shooting portraiture, um, you know, in those types of situations, you can actually create a high key portrait where you purposely blow out the background. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Right? And yeah. lighting the subject, lighting the subject with flash, you know, or, yeah. you know, it just, the, the, I mean, it's, it's, it's limit, it's unlimited what you can do. Um, but um, generally we're using exposure compensation to get a good exposure so we can tweak it in post and, you know, right. uh, do what you want with it later. So. Yeah. And I was going to say one of, one of the Canon cameras that I have um, when you hit the exposure compensation you think you are, but you're actually, you're actually controlling the flash compensation. So just be careful what, you know, what compensation oh, so meter you're some adjusting. Of the older right? Ones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause it says exposure that's compensation, right. but it's, or it says compensation, but it's flash compensation versus exposure compensation. So just be careful that you're altering the correct one. So if you're altering the flash compensation, you have no flash, you may not be doing anything. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think most cameras nowadays, um, the exposure comps on the right and it's really at a good spot, you know, where it's either the first or second button. You exactly, know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's usually uh, exposure comp and ISO or, you know what I mean? Like it's depending on the camera, right? So, and in your case there with the Fuji, it's a dial, right? Yeah. So, and, and actually the Fuji for everything. So the ISO is on the left-hand side. The, the ISO dial is on the left-hand okay. side. The aperture control is actually on the lens for most of the, most of the lenses, not everything. Some of the cheaper lenses, you have to go in menu, but yeah. the lenses that I have, the aperture controls here yeah. and the, um, and the shutter speed dial is right here as well. And then the exposure compensation mm-hmm. button is right beside it. So all the buttons are nice and handy right there for me to access everything. So it's, it's quite, it's quite okay. good. Quite user Very friendly. For that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, uh, I think, um, I think that's it. I think we could uh, wrap up this episode. Uh, we covered exposure comp and um, you know, the reasons for it. Agreed. And uh, if anybody does have any questions or comments, you know, you know, be happy to answer them in the next episode. So certainly leave them on our podcast um, or our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. Sounds good. Absolutely. And you have a, you have an event coming up. Um, yeah. The Etobicoke uh, Camera Club uh, in Toronto. Um, we're doing a live uh, webinar um, seminar, webinar slash seminar on um, it's called crazy about wildlife photography. It's an event, right? Um, um, event. And it's on September 28th from 5 to 8 uh, p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. People can buy tickets for that event? Yeah, the, people can buy tickets for it. They're $10, and um, you can get the Eventbrite link on my um, uh, on the Nature uh, Photo Guys podcast page uh, and on my Facebook pages, for sure. Link's there. And if, if you don't see it anywhere, guys, um, just email me or drop a message, and I'd be happy to send you the link. Sounds great, Joe. That's great. Okay, cool. So um, I think we'll wrap things up and um, we'll catch you on the next episode. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Okay, thanks. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Nature Photo Guys podcast. If you have any questions, contact us at info at thenaturephotoguys.ca or message us on Facebook and Instagram at the Nature Photo Guys podcast. Make sure you listen to all our new episodes on www.thenaturephotoguys.ca or visit your major podcast providers, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll catch you next time on the Nature Photo Guys podcast. Podcast.